This is Blackstone Joe, and you're listening to Slick Talk. I say I'm an oil man, you will agree. There's a stink of oil out here. We grow oil! We grow oil! Alright, first things first. How you doing? Did you change the oil yet? Look, I don't blame you if you're waiting. My car's OLM is telling me the oil life is down to zero. That's right, zero percent. But I'm going to sample it first and see what's up. See, OLMs are conservative by nature. So I want to go to the numbers before making a rash decision. If you're also interested in sampling before the oil change, you can do it too. All you need is a vacuum pump, which we also sell on our website. Go to blackstone-labs.com, click on the products tab, and you'll see the vacuum pump. Order a new kit to go along with it. The kit is free, by the way, and you'll be ready to go. Next up, we have a voicemail from one of our listeners. Shout out to Mike for calling in. Hi, my name is Mike from Oregon. I recently became an owner of two uh, V6 Yamaha four-stroke motors, which I've owned many outboard motors over the years. However, they were all carbureted two-stroke up until now. Reading the Internet, it's my understanding that these four-stroke motors, uh, due to the water they run in, they typically tend to run a lot cooler than automotive engines, but can create issues with condensation in the crankcase, I guess, and making oil and various issues if they're not ran hard periodically. Anyway, I was wondering if you guys had any um, experiences in your lab with uh, oil analysis of these type of motors and then any other just general observations you guys have made with uh, with uh, modern uh, fuel-injected uh, four-cycle outboard motors. All right, great show. Looking forward to hearing some more. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again to Mike for the question. So we won't find moisture just from condensation. If water is accumulating in the used oil, that would speak to a problem usually with the cooling system, but it won't show up just from condensation alone. Now regarding fuel, it is a common find in marine engines in general, and that also goes for some of these four-stroke motors, but there's fuel and then there's fuel. Mild amounts can show up just from normal operations, such as low RPM use, but when fuel is so high it's bringing the viscosity down or noticeably diluting the spectral results, there's reason to be wary of a problem. I looked at a sample just recently from an outboard where the oil was so thin it wouldn't even meet some ATF specs, and the spectral data didn't look right either due to the elements being artificially low as a result of fuel. So, while fuel can show up, we can still detect what looks like a problem, whether it's an outboard or any other type of motor. If you have reason to suspect fuel is excessive, either in the form of a rising oil level or otherwise, sending a sample in for more information is a good idea. Thanks again to Mike for calling in. We're going to keep the lines open, if you will, as today's episode, episode 89, is titled Dial D for Data. 
Before I dive into the episode, I want to thank everyone that tuned in to episode 88, another installment of Meet the Analyst featuring one of my favorite writers in the building, Brian. So whenever I have the chance to sit down with another analyst, I really enjoy the opportunity to learn more about my coworkers in petroleum-based analysis, whether it be through random happenings around the office, their thoughts on this and that, where they're from, and all the rest. It's not the data you'll find on the report page, but meaningful all the same. I learned something about them, and you too have a chance to learn more about the folks that make Blackstone what it is. A company filled with unique individuals that have their own quirks and interests, and it just so happens we all come together in producing the best oil report in the game. That last part is why we make sure to talk the data as well, usually towards the end of the episode, but we appreciate all the listeners that indulge us in stepping away from the elements and physical properties for a while, just so we can be ourselves. When you're running an oil analysis podcast for over two years and 88 episodes worth of content, Lord knows your host enjoys a good bit of sweet nothings, if you will. Now, without further ado, let's dive into episode 89. As some listeners may know already, the title of this episode is something of an homage to Alfred Hitchcock's film, Dial M for Murder, released in 1954. I first saw this film as a young kid with my mom. She was actually responsible for my deep affection for classic cinema and really cinema in general. As the title would suggest, a phone call plays a pivotal role in the storyline of this film. Now, when you're working the keys as a report writer, suffice to say the situation is normally not as fraught as a storyline in the aforementioned film, fortunately for us. But there is suspense and revelation all the same in the stories we data analysts find ourselves taking part in, and a phone call is often the linchpin in tying an oil report together. Now, why focus on the phone aspect today? Well, there was one day recently where several samples wound up in my queue, which I'll be discussing in detail today, and whether it was the data itself, ambiguity about where the sample was from, or what the customer was hoping to learn, each situation involved picking up the phone to not simply write a standard report, but a report where we were able to fill in the blanks and provide the best analysis possible. First up, I found myself looking at two samples from one customer labeled plainly as fuel. Most of the time when we're looking at fuel samples, it's to help determine if it's fuel that looks serviceable for use, typically in an automotive application. But in this case, I found the results looked a little off. The spectral results, for instance, we shouldn't find much of anything really in a fuel sample, this pair of samples had quite a bit of iron in them, along with a smorgasbord of other elements, such as phosphorus and zinc. We also found quite a bit of insoluble material, and those are solids in the fuel, which, if they were present in an engine on the road, then you could find yourself with a clogged fuel filter rather quickly. There was one crucial detail that didn't go unnoticed, though, when I looked at the slips. The customer used the word reclaimed. Now, that started the gears a-turning, and I had a good idea of what the situation was. But I needed to call to confirm whether or not my instincts were right. 
Sure enough, this wasn't a garden variety sample of diesel fuel intended for use in an automotive application, but fuel oil. If you don't know, that's what is used in boilers and furnaces for heating homes and buildings, for industrial heating, for producing electricity and power plants, so on. So instead of applying the strict scrutiny that would render this fuel unserviceable in an automotive application, both samples looked fine for the application they were being used in. This was something I was able to clarify by placing a call and the customer being kind enough to lend a few minutes and detail background on the samples, information that wasn't available to us initially. Doing so allowed me to offer the analysis each sample called for. While my first example had at least some breadcrumbs to lead me home, the next one I found myself with no sample information on the slip whatsoever. Just a scramble of numbers that likely means something in a database far from 416 East Pettit, but that didn't lend insight to the samples, other than the fact that they probably were in some way on the industrial side of things. Now, in the absence of any sample details, we're mainly left to say what's there, which isn't really analysis per se. That's just reporting the data, which a computer could do. At Blackstone, we want to tell you something about the numbers. In what context are they good, bad, or somewhere in between? Should you change the oil? What is normal or abnormal for the application? The list goes on. None of that is possible, really, without knowing some background. With only a smattering of results and no details on the slip, it was time to make the call. The customer answered right away, and I learned this sample was from a grinding machine, specifically an ISO 100 product. Just two pieces of information was all that recipe called for in the moment. With a handle on the oil type and the application, I can now speak on the results, whether or not the viscosity is normal for an ISO 100, and I was able to plug in specs for findings such as water, insolubles, etc. Better still, we had averages for the equipment type, and that allows us to speak to the wear metals, additives, how they match up with what we typically see from samples taken from that type of system. The end result was an analysis the customer could rely on. We bring this episode to a close with oil from a break-in fill, specifically taken from a Subaru engine with the unit ID Subizilla. Now, per the slip, this was taken from a turbocharged FB25. That may seem odd to many of you, and if you're a Subaru aficionado, you know why. FB25s do not come from the factory turbocharged. A factory turbocharged FB25 doesn't exist. Now, just because it's an engine type the analyst doesn't recognize isn't grounds to immediately call the customer out, so to speak. You'll first want to cover the bases, make sure this isn't a new model you weren't aware of. Furthermore, some customers will modify their motor and denote the modification on the oil slip thinking that we'll deduce their modification just from reading the slip. Or it's possible this was just a typo, but first I wanted to do the legwork of ruling out a couple of possibilities. I was still left wondering what engine the customer really had. And here enters the hero of the story, the phone call. After talking things over with the customer, I learned this was instead oil from a turbocharged 2.4 liter, specifically the FA24F, which is indeed an engine option for the vehicle in question. 
Just by picking up the phone, I was now able to plug in accurate averages for comparison and treat the results appropriately. So to our loyal listeners, if you pick up your phone and see a call from 260-744-2380, you just might have an intrepid analyst like myself making an effort to provide the best report possible. It's oil and a day's work at Blackstone Laboratories. Thank you.